Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Well, 2018 was quite the year for the running back position. We saw a newcomer in Saquon Barkley burst onto the scene. We saw Christian McCaffrey set records in terms of his pass catching abilities. We saw Ezekiel Elliott have a, a, another good season. We start actually catching the ball. Start some. catching the ball. We saw a lot come from the position in general. So a lot of questions going into the 2019 season. What kind of outlook should we expect from Todd Gurley? We'll talk about him a little bit. But tonight, I'm alongside Pat Cotter once again. It's our first part of our running back rankings. We are going to go, originally we talked about going from 24 to 13 and then 12 to 1. Uh, we just talked about it though. We have all of our projections kind of statted out for one through 12 right now. So we're going to go the other way. We're going to go one to 12. And then on our next podcast, we'll release it on Thursday. Uh, you'll be getting this. We're recording this Monday night, uh, June 24th. You will get this podcast on June 25th. You will get our rankings of 13 to 24 on Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Okay. So hopefully that wasn't too confusing. But we're going the other way instead of what we originally talked about yeah. because we got so excited to talk about the top guys oh and we got God. so excited just... to, rank, to to project them out that I think we need to talk about them first. I mean, when have you had a year that I feel like the top guy is in such question? Like, I always feel like there's been a pretty solid – there's usually a solid running back. You're like, oh, like, you know, Todd Gurley this year. You're like, well, he's kind of – solidified i mean maybe you could talk about Le'Veon bell a little bit at this point last year and you're yeah. like like guys are like most people are going girly yeah Here, yeah like i so mean you know especially i feel like especially in a ppr league where you just talked about ezekiel elliott came on last year and caught some more passes so you could make an argument that he has kind of taken could take that next step in terms of ppr mm-hmm. rankings right no doubt. christian mccaffrey is already a guy we've seen who can catch 80 to 90 passes without a question uh what he caught 100 and i think he caught 107 last year something like that um so there are a number of players alvin kamara now with no mark ingram in new orleans in an offense that we still think is going to run the ball a ton should i think the ceiling is still not there we have not seen the ceiling for alvin kamara yet i mean we saw his ceiling and it was the first four weeks of the season man and he dominated yeah yeah 100 percent. so you know, between those four players, Kamara, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, I, Pat, I don't know how, well, I know how you feel because we've talked about it a ton. Oh my God. But, yeah. but at the same, at the same time, I think you could make an argument for any four of these players to be your number one running back. Yeah, I agree. You know, McCaffrey would be the one player that I, I don't think because only because I, I think he's going to be a guy who, I don't want to give too much away because I'm going to talk about him mm-hmm. in, in some length here. I don't think he's going to get quite the volume. Uh, you know, he's going to come up a little bit short, I think, yeah. in in the running, in the rush attempt category. So let's get right into it. You, let's go 1 to 12, and we're going to do the same thing that we did for our quarterback and tight end rankings. We're going to talk about our consensus uh, rankings between Pat and I. We do have some differences. Uh, a couple are close, whether it's, you know, Pat has a guy fifth, I have him sixth. Uh, but we do have a little bit of a shakeup right at the top, actually. So, Pat, let's talk about our consensus number one back. And it is Alvin Kamara. But let's get this, let's get the elephant out of the room first and foremost. 
you have somebody else at number one. I do have somebody else at number one. Um, but I still love Alvin Kamara, man. I had him on my team last year, and he is electrifying. He's he's a great player. I mean, they use him in every facet of the game. They just try to generate this guy touches. And, you know, he came into the league. You know, they already had that established back in Mark Ingram there, but he forced them to give him touches. And he's just, he's just that good, man. I really think he's one of the uh, – Top backs in the league, honestly. Oh, no question. I mean, think about these numbers. 314 carries, over 1,600 yards rushing, 22 touchdowns. 22. That's Alvin Kamara's first two seasons in the league. Yeah. Over five yards per carry. He's catching the ball at almost an 80% clip out of the backfield, which, look, I mean, that's nothing crazy at the running back position to see 80% of, uh, you know, catch rate. But it just goes to show that this guy is efficient in every asset you know, every, uh, not asset, I should say, Aspect. every facet facet of the game. Um, I can't talk, but <laughs> every facet of the game, um, Alvin Kamara is an efficient player, an efficient running back. So here's a situation where everything points up for Alvin Kamara. You think that he should get a little bit more workload in terms yeah. of running the ball. And if he can stay as efficient as he's been, or even take just a slight dip, I think you're still going to see a running back with numbers off the charts. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been very healthy, you know, in his in his uh, time there. Um, he uh, he just has been uh, he's really been a solid player for him. And, and like I said, I owned him last year. He had a little bit of a dip in the middle of the season, and uh, and kind of fell off. But he just like he gave you even when he fell off, he was still giving you good weeks. It just wasn't the twenty four, the twenty eight, the thirty two you were used to after that those crazy first couple weeks yeah i mean there's not many games where he's going to get 20 targets like he did in week four at atlanta no or week three whatever that was but he is definitely a guy who is going to give you games where he has 12 13 14 targets like he's going to do that like there's going to be several games where drew Brees is just looking to get him the football because that offense is one of the the smarter offenses in the league. You have a great, great minds in Drew Brees and Sean Payton who know how to utilize and, and create mismatches. So if there are teams that want to kind of load up on Michael Thomas, they're going to find ways to get Alvin Kamara the ball. No doubt. Um, and they do that just as well as anybody in the league. So you can count on a player who's going to be efficient. I don't think there should be any sort of concern, at least not from what I've seen. One of my concerns early on in Alvin Kamara's career, I thought he was a smaller guy. But when you watch him run, he actually runs pretty sturdy. I think yeah. he's a guy who actually can take a bit of a pounding. So yeah. I don't think there should be a whole lot of concern there in terms of uh, of the ability workload. to yeah. yeah the ability to withstand that workload. Exactly. Now we'll see if he gets another fifty carries this season and what that does and and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean I I agree with you. He's my number one back. He's your number two back. I think you can feel pretty good about him. Latavius Murray. Now a couple things to note on the Saints offense here. Um, you know, a couple keys that I, I think were, were interesting. Kamara saw 21% of the team's targets in 2018. Uh, I thought this was a key stat. Mark Ingram was on pace for 112 targets and 90 receptions combined over the last two seasons. Latavius Murray comes in. He had a total of 37 receptions on 43 targets the last two seasons yeah. combined in, in uh, Minnesota. Now, when you look back at Murray's numbers with the Raiders— he actually did catch the ball a little bit. There were a couple huh. seasons there where he had 40, 50, some catches. Um, 
Now I don't I, I don't I would expect him to be more in line with what he did the last couple years because I don't think he's necessarily a pass catching back. So I'm hoping that Alvin Kamara gets even some more targets. I have him yeah. slated at a few more. Um, just to give you a, kind of a look in here, what I have his projections at: 225 carries, uh, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. So you do have the touchdowns coming down a bit, but 112 targets. I have him at 112 targets, 86 receptions, 784 yards, and five touchdowns receiving. So I'm at 14 total touchdowns, 384 fantasy points in PPR, Pat. And I'll give you a, a little bit of a giveaway here, but I have him a good bit ahead of the next guy in my rankings. Yeah, I mean, he's he actually is a good bit. The same with kind of in my rankings. Uh, he is slated for the most points, you know, from what I've got statted out so far. Nobody's going to come close to him right now. Um, but, you know, I still really uh, enjoy, like, the value of another the next guy on our list, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he, we actually have a tie here between Saquon, Barkley, uh, between Saquon Barkley and Zeke, but the fact I like Zeke is my guy, my number one overall. I, I love the safety he offers you. I think you're guaranteed an, a really awesome workload. And if you ask me to bet on which running back I think would finish top three, I think Zeke's the safest option. Do you think Ezekiel Elliott can get 95 targets again? I think he will... I think he'll go down that was on that in a little fif- bit. 15 games. I think he's going to go down a little bit in that. But I think that uh, it's not going to be by much. You know, I still think he can be a pass-catching running back. And they use him enough in the running game, like, why not try to get some in, him out in space and let him do his thing? I mean, he's not as dynamic as a guy like Kamara, but he still can do it and, and do it pretty well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think there's any chance that they kind of scale back Zeke's work a little bit? You know, just looking at the numbers over a 16-game pace, 343 touches – in 2016 387 touches in 2017 last year 319 so they backed off a little bit in terms of the, the you know the touches do you think there's any thought going on there to kind of preserve their franchise running back no i don't i mean he's proven he's durable he's been there like how many games has he missed due to injury i'd be i would bet it'd be you know, wouldn't be that many. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's missed a lot of big games because he's an idiot. Those were carries but, too. Sorry, I, I think yeah. I said touches. Said Those touches, were carries, yeah. yes. Um, but uh, you know, and they decreased his amount of carries, but he also got a lot more reception. So I mean, I'm sure it didn't it, it didn't equal out quite as much, but um, or quite as well. But uh, I still think he's going to be heavily involved in an offense that will probably be at least decent. You know, and yeah, I think I that mean, he's going to be the main focus. I don't think Amari Cooper comes in here and, and becomes you know you know, all-star. All yeah, I, I don't think this is a top 10 offense, but I think it could certainly be a top 15 offense. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, if you get an offense that's, you know, 13th, 14th in, you know, in total offense, um, they don't have to blow it out of the water for Zeke to have a great season. No, and, and not to mention that last year he already had, he, what, he put up like running back three numbers, and he only had four or five touchdowns rushing. He could easily get up to nine. And, yeah, he had six. You give, him, uh, you give him nine touchdowns, Give him 10 touchdowns like you think he could get rushing, and he'd be the number one running back. Yeah, far and away the most rushing yards, almost 1,500 yards, a little bit under that at 1,434. Um, I I mentioned the 95 targets, 77 receptions, 567 yards through the air, three touchdowns. So he had nine touchdowns total. You're right, Pat. I think he could up that number a little bit. I think he could probably score 10 10 touchdowns on the ground. I don't think that's... That's by no means a stretch no, at all. I agree. In fact, I 
it wouldn't completely surprise me if this was a guy who entered that Todd Gurley range of mm-hmm. scoring 13 or 14 on the ground. If there's yeah. one guy who could do it, um, you know, there are a number of guys at the top of the list, but but Zeke is especially that guy that you think inside the five yard line. He only converted on two of 11 attempts inside the five last year. That's wild. He's got to do better than yeah, that, right? He's, he's I mean, he's got to. Like, that. think about it. Even if he can converts five of 11, you know, that's three touchdowns you add onto his his total. 18 points. And they points. still have a good offensive line. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not as no it's not that wild offensive line he had when he, he had it yeah, there, but it's yeah. still good. Yeah, it's not the same line it was in, what, 2016 or whatever, yeah. but I think it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, it still should be a good line, and we'll see if Travis Frederick comes back from that, yeah. uh, I don't know what disease yeah, yeah, he had. Some, um, yeah, I think yeah, something. It, it, yeah, some, I, I don't remember. Kept him out for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it affected, like, his motor skills or something, or yeah, like his... Sure. But anyway, anyway, I don't know. I don't want to speak on something I have no clue about. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, we have at number two, uh, Kamara at one. Really quickly, I have, I actually have Zeke at four. Now we are talking about PPR, and yeah. I know you just looked at me like, "Come on, man!" Like that is this. You just made your case for why he's so yeah. safe, and I agree with you, Pat. Here's my thing: C- Christian McCaffrey is a guy who we're going to talk about him here in a second. I just love that upside of what he can give you in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's ultimately my tipping point for why in a PPR league, I would rather have a guy like Christian McCaffrey over Zeke. Um, I, that's just how I feel. Yeah. I, I In a standard league, it's not close. Like, I, no, it's definitely, defi- close. it's definitely, or that- even in half point, I think I'm, I'm probably leaning Zeke, I would think. Yeah. I mean, uh, but they're... in full point, I can't I argue with you. Like that's the thing. All these guys, I am happy to get. If I'm I'm sitting there picking at number four, I'm a happy man. That's yeah. why I'm in the best spot in the draft right now. Maybe you could argue three because you could get the which, whichever guy you wanted that fell to you. But I'm happy with all of them. And it's funny that we haven't even talked about the man, the myth, the legend, Saquon Barkley yet. Yeah. No, I know it's crazy. Been bouncing around between those three, and not, we just fail to mention the you know potential like super like the probably the best running back in the league yeah uh hold on really quick just a couple things on zeke i I thought this was interesting he led the league in amount of 10 yard runs last year 10 plus yard runs 25 of those and he led the league in 15 plus yard runs he had 41 of those so zeke zeke was tearing it up in terms of his when he gets going i mean he is he's just he's a good smart hard runner who No, no doubt can pick up chunks like you would think that maybe Barkley would lead in that category or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zeke was the guy who was yeah, who was picking up those chunk them. runs. Um, 381 touches in 2018, led all running backs. So we'll see. Look, I've met 320 carries, just under 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns on the ground. So I do have that number coming up. I have him at 60 catches, uh, 80 targets. So I have his targets coming down about 15. Um Roughly 500 yards receiving, two touchdowns. So I have 11 touchdowns total, 323 fantasy points. Um, which again, just so just so we're clear here too, I actually have David Johnson with more fantasy points by a smidge over mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott. But I would take Ezekiel Elliott over yeah, David Johnson. I mean, that's there's too much. Yeah, I I, I just think there's there are some really upside. Uh, you know, a big upside with David Johnson and what he can do 
in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Yeah, he could be the number one running back. Um, yeah, yeah, no question. And we know how talented he is, and he doesn't have a whole lot of wear and tear on his leg. So let's talk, though, next. Uh, Pat mentioned it. Saquon Barkley yep. at number three for us. I have him at number two, yep, and you have him, him at three. three. So yep. He's actually tied with, Ze- with Zeke at uh, as, as our number two ranked back. Okay, uh, so what's – Pat, let, tell our listeners, or I guess kind of explain – um, you know, I guess overall, what's your, what's your kind of outlook for Barkley in year two? Are there any concerns? Because we saw seven games under 50 yards rushing. Now we know how much of a big play threat he can be. No doubt. Does that kind of come back to those, you know, low yardage games kind of become fewer and fewer or is that kind of cause? Is that a cause for concern at all? I know we know how talented he is. No but- doubt, and I think I mean like I, I think he's the best running back in the league, even yeah. after one year. But he had there's nobody else on that offense. Like you could argue, oh yeah, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, but they're not they're not going to draw attention away like OBJ did. I if you're like if you have OBJ and, and Barkley there, you have to kind of may take a measured response against both of them. Like now they can just be like, all right, gold, you can nickel and dime me with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, but we're not going to let you beat us with Barkley. We're going to load up the boxes. If you beat us with Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, good on you. Yeah. Like that, and that really severely caps his upside. Well, I think he's going to be good. I just, I don't see how you could ever say that he has more upside than Alvin Kamara does. Well, hmm. I think that when you talk about a guy who has more chances to break 60-yard runs, like Barkley gives you that much more than, than Alvin Kamara. I, but easily, man. Come on. I mean... Come on. I mean, Alvin Kamara is a good the, running on the, back. On who the same has, exact generic play, he has a much higher percentage chance yeah. to break a, a 60-yard yeah. run. Yeah. But is he going to ever have even the, the amount of those good plays to even have that attempt? I guess the, the thing here is, and it goes back to those games under 50 yards... You know, can you take that away? Can you give us four games under 50 yards? Can you can you not have quite as many duds? And if he doesn't, then I mean, I think you're looking at the number like, one I running think, back. I mean, I think you're gonna you're gonna get really good games with him, no doubt. We're yeah, gonna, no question. You're gonna get 120, that, 130 that yards multiple game, times. Where, where Eli Manning just went hut dumb. <laughs> against Dumb. the Cowboys. I, yeah, think it was I was week three. playing against him. I just saw yeah. one point, one point, one point, and like one 14 point. catches. Yeah, it was stupid, and. I mean, he's going to have those games, and he can also do it on the on the ground. It's not like he needs his receptions to do it, but I just mm. think that that offense is going to be se- severely handicapped and potentially going through a quarterback change, which could even more limit it. You know, it's funny, too, because we're talking about a guy who had seven games under 50 yards rushing and still had a five-yard per carry average. Yeah. Like, that is the epitome of a home run hitter. Yeah. At least that it is. feels that way on the surface, so... Look, 11 touchdowns on the ground last year, um, four touchdowns through the air. You know, what's his touchdown? I have him touchdown. I have his touchdowns coming down a little bit just because I think that offense is actually going to be worse this season. And I just don't know how many times that they get in a situation where he's going to be running the ball inside the five yard line. Like, I I worry about that. Now, um, certainly we talk about the talent and he's he's going to give you that upside naturally mm-hmm. of scoring 15 touchdowns but i think that offense is going to be pretty bad 22 touches per game in 2018 um 830 get this 835 yards almost 65 percent um of his yards came after contact yeah 
Um, so it's a guy who is, is routinely going to break that first tackle, which you love, um, you know, more from a football standpoint than a fantasy standpoint. But, you know, he's, he's a guy who's just going to give you a lot of yards after contact. Um, let's see, what else do I have what here? Are... 88 of 91... 88 of 91 is his receptions came out of the backfield. So you're looking at a true – he's not a Le'Veon Bell that's going to no, be split out. Like no, all of his catches are coming, you know, kind could of Could he get to that point him. in his career? Probably. But yeah, he probably could. And, and, he's got to get a creative enough offensive coordinator. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, what is his floor? Like what if, if Le'Veon – or I mean if, if uh, Saquon had the worst potential season you could think of, where do you think he falls to? Does he, I mean, because I see it's like even as his floor – I think it's like David Johnson last year, where you just you're not happy that you have him, but it's not, but he's still like a top ten, top twelve back. I think he's like five, maybe six. He's just outside of that top four tier in terms of points. Like where you have those guys at the top that are all very, very close. Uh, maybe he falls behind by twenty or thirty points, but I think he's right there at five or six. Like I don't, th- I don't, I can't see a guy that is ultimately the best player in football Aaron or, or one of them okay on the offensive side of the football pat <laughs> okay. the best player in football is maybe saquon barkley um I, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't get his like you can't keep him down for that long like if you're touching the ball 22 times a game you're gonna bust one yeah, when I you're mean, that good you're going to it's 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 gonna happen yeah but how many times is it gonna happen <laughs> hey I don't care if he has 20 runs that are three yards. If he breaks one for 65, bingo. You have a pretty good game on your hands. 75 yards. No, do the math. <laughs> yeah, 75 yards. No, if you have 20 runs at three yards each, that's oh, 60 yards. You say the three yards. That's each. 60 yards plus your 65-yard run. Bang, you have a 125-yard game. Yeah, until he's at like 20 yards. <laughs> All right. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. So... We have uh, Alvin Kamara at one, Ezekiel Elliott at two, Saquon Barkley at three. Just really quickly, I have Barkley at 1,300 yards rushing, nine touchdowns, um, 110 targets, 83 receptions, 650 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. So I have at nine total touchdowns, or 12 total touchdowns, 350 fantasy points. Um, so like I said, about 24 behind what I have Kamara. So a little bit of a, a gap there. Um, it gets a lot closer between the other running backs. We will talk about that. So let's move on to number four. And at four, Pat, we have, is it Christian McCaffrey at four? Uh, it is Christian McCaffrey at four, yes. But, I mean, you know. I have him at three. You have him at four. Uh, you, yep. Well, I mean, we're kinda, we kind of agree that this guy's towards the back of, the, of this group. I don't think that he – I think he kind of has the, a little bit of the – Saquon, you know, it's not the greatest offense. It's a decent one, but it's not one that you're going to get overly excited about. And as well as the the Zeke kind of, he's got a good floor. Like I, I but I just don't think he's got quite the upside or the floor of either of those two guys. So he's my last guy. You know what I'm saying? That's no, that's fair. I I, I certainly understand what you're saying. And who knows what the Carolina offense is going to be like this year? Um, I, I think that we talk about the young receivers and DJ Moore um, and Curtis Samuel, who, you know, look, I, I mean, they could be more involved. Uh, you know, Cam's 30 years old with probably the body of like a 35-year-old at yeah. this point. Um, I, I'm not saying any of that stuff really matters in Christian McCaffrey's production because I think he's going to get – look, 90% of the team's offensive snaps 
McCaffrey was on the field for yeah, last year in every single game. In every single game. Uh, actually, I think, I can't remember what the number was now, but he played in every single snap of like six games or something like that. So He's a workhorse. He's, he's going to be on the field. Yeah. Um, third in the league in touches with 326. I have him at 88 receptions, but I think that number could be even a little bit higher. Uh, we'll see. I, I Look, I'm comfortable with him as my number three running back in, in PPR. Uh, behind Kamara and, and Barkley, and then Zeke at four. But, Pat, let's talk a little bit of draft strategy real quick. Is there any scenario where these four guys are not your top four picks? No. Okay. Simple as that. No, I don't think I don't think our next two guys can get there. There's not a receiver in this draft that can pop up to no. number four? No. Okay. And, in fact, we're probably talking about running backs going in the top as the first top, six yeah. picks. Top six, seven, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well let's let's move on then. So the number I would the, take I would the take these four, next two guys before the first receiver. Is this our tier break? Yes, yes, it is a tier break for me. And at number five we have. Let me. I I keep switching back between my. We got uh, a, the word two. Doc. So we got we David Johnson and David Melvin Johnson. Gordon. Yeah, tied. so yeah, we're tied here. So I have David Johnson at five. You have him at six, and then vice versa. You have Melvin Gordon at five. I have him at six. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, both of these guys, I'll let you go first on this, but but really quick, I both of these guys are very close. I mean, you agree. Yeah. Uh, this could go either way. I mean, I think Melvin Gordon's a lot safer, and that's why I have him above David Johnson. Yeah. I think Melvin Gordon gives you, you know, top four upside. I don't think he's going to talk. I mean, he could, he could potentially end as the number one running back. I could see it. I think these two are the last ones that I could see finishing. And no, the next two guys as well. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, these yeah. guys offer you that next saying. tier of like, okay, these guys can get into the top, the next group. Yeah, because I mean, Melvin Gordon, he's, I mean, he's, he's proven to you if he, if you need to do that, that he's a good player, then uh, that's special. That's special. Yeah, I here's my thing with Melvin Gordon. I, I, I don't see the same upside with Melvin Gordon as I do with uh, David no, Johnson. I think David Johnson has higher upside. Yeah. But I think he has got such a much lower floor that I'll take Melvin Gordon. Yeah, that's probably fair. What we especially what we saw last year. Um, you know, two years ago, obviously just played in that one game against Detroit, broke his wrist, was out the entire season. I like that he didn't have any wear and tear on his legs that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a wrist injury, so whatever. Uh kind of a fluky thing. Um, you know, last year that offense was very, very bad. Josh Rosen was a rookie quarterback who didn't look like he belonged on the field and they were just a mess. So I know he finished under a thousand yards, but I'm confident in this offense. I'm confident in Kyler Murray as much as I did not like him as much, you know, in my pre-draft process and like in my evaluation of of Kyler Murray, I think he's in a good scenario with some young receivers who can do some things. I think Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is going to be not a star, but I think you're looking at a pretty, I I think he's going to be good. I I think think he's going to be very, very solid. Um, I think you have a couple other young receivers there who they can work with who could be good and Larry Fitzgerald to kind yeah, of groom them about, up. Don't forget about Larry. No, I mean, look. He could it, easily just be that old vet that just sticks around and continues doing it. Just like, yeah. I mean, he he's done it these past couple of years. Last year was the down year, but he still was okay. Yeah, I mean, it was just some of the injuries that caught up with him last year. So the bottom line here is with David Johnson, for me, it's an efficient offense or at least an offense that's going to get a lot of cracks at it. Yeah. They should get a lot of cracks on it. A team that was second last in your, in plays per game last year, I think that they they significantly improved that number just based on the pace of play and the quarterback play. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, not to mention that David Johnson was quietly a top 12 running back last year. Yeah. I mean, people, you drafted him three or four, so you weren't happy with it. No, I mean, and that's he, the thing is that's a bust. Yeah, but I mean, he's still in a tear in one of the worst offenses that we've seen in a long time. He was still a top 12 back. And that says something about him. Yeah. He was down from what... Now, his 2016 season where he went crazy, Pat, you know, he had a ton of carries, um, you know, what, 100 catches or something close to it. I think he had... He was that offense. It was crazy. He had had one of the best years a fantasy running back has ever had. Um, Last year, 258 carries, finished under 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns total. 50 catches, 445 yards. So you're right. It's not a terrible year. Um, you know, you're probably looking at, honestly, like those are in the range of where Dalvin Cook's probably going to finish. Yeah. Somewhere in that territory, I, w- I would think, um, just in terms of total fantasy points. You know, he's played in 16 games three of his four seasons. Uh, outside of that wrist injury, I think he's safe in terms yeah. of uh, durability. I don't I don't see a problem there. I see a problem with Melvin Gordon. That's a reason I put David Johnson ahead of him. This is true. So if that's something that you're thinking about when you're drafting, you know, durability is a big thing at the running back position. We all know that they're a little bit prone, you know, every single one of them just based on the pounding that they're going to take. But I'll take David Johnson with the, uh, with the win in terms of durability over Melvin Gordon. I think, look... And if you're, I'll say this too, really quick, and we'll wrap up the David Johnson talk. If you're concerned about Cliff Kingsbury's offense throwing the ball all around the yard and being like 70-30 run to pass to run, we looked at the numbers, Pat. He's had 1,000-yard rushers at Texas Tech. Yep. He has a split. Last year, they had a split of 58 pass to 42 run, which is kind of right in about the kind of right the median of, of what we saw from NFL teams for the most part, right in the middle of the pack. So I don't think they're going to completely get away from handing the ball off to David Johnson. Like, this is not going to be a scenario where David Johnson has 14 carries a game. No, I agree. And not to mention that I could easily see them doing a little bit of an option offense, giving David Johnson even more, you know, I mean, I think Kyler Murray's going to eat into, into, into rushes. I think they're going to do some designed rushes with Kyler Murray. But if you give him a little bit of an op- that option, David Johnson's efficiency is going to go up. Yeah. And I think he's a very good running back out of shotgun, which I think they're going to run pretty much most of their offense out of that. Yep. Um, so I, I, it's a good fit for him. Honestly, I think the scheme works well for what he does. Yeah, and he said he's comfortable running out of the shotgun. He did that in college, so hopefully that translates, translates into what Cliff Kingsbury is going to bring to this team. I like David Johnson. I, I'm I'm hopeful that that upside in that 2016 year, though he might not get back to exactly those numbers, I think you're going to be pretty happy with David Johnson this year. So let's talk uh, just briefly then about Melvin Gordon, Pat. Um, I have his stats here somewhere. Let me pull them up. 2018, he only played in 12 games, but again, 10 touchdowns. I mean, this yeah. guy... The Chargers always find a way to get into the inside the five yard line, and Melvin Gordon always finds a way to find the end zone. Yep, he does. I mean, he's been very efficient at getting touchdowns ever since his touchdownless year. It really kind of lit a <laughs> yeah. fire under him. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm never doing that again. I'm not even coming close, and just started just lighting him off. Now again, durability is the big question. He's had one year of all playing all 16 games, and when he did was hurt. He was hurt at the worst time, the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I remember three years ago when I traded you for him. <laughs> yeah. I rode him all year and laughed at you the entire time. And yep. then three, four plays into the game, Phillip Rivers fumbles, 
Melvin Gordon dives on it, tears his ACL. Week one of the fantasy championships. Yeah. And you score 72 points. Yeah, when that's tough. When you're it That's hurts. tough, and he did, the really same, hurts. he did the same thing again this year. Yep. So durability is a big thing with Melvin Gordon. Um, here's the other thing, Pat. He was only on pace for 233 carries last year. That's 50-plus fewer than each of the previous two seasons. So is this going to be a trend, or do you think that we're going to see the, the, the Chargers kind of take a little bit off the plate of Melvin Gordon? We get Hunter Henry back this year, who's yeah. going to eat up some targets. So are we looking at maybe a a smarter approach from the Chargers coaching staff with Melvin Gordon? Well, I mean, they have plenty of weapons there, really. I mean, they got Hunter Henry back. They're, Mike Williams is emerging. Keenan Allen's going to demand targets. You got Melvin Gordon to throw to, not to mention Austin Eckler coming in to fill roles. And Austin Eckler was the big reason that I think that he had a decreased workload. Whether that was designed or just Austin Eckler was showing that he offered – uh, kind of a different dynamic, and uh, you could you could take Melvin Gordon off the field. Mm-hmm. I think um, Austin Eckler's still going to have a role. I would agree. Uh, so does Hunter Henry eat into Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, or does he do, does he kind of take from all of them? You know, I and I still I think Melvin Gordon has, but I think Melvin Gordon has an established role in that offense. I don't think they're going to take much away from him. I think he you know is kind of demands those touches mm-hmm. so i still think they're gonna uh, be pretty true to him okay yeah i i think he's like we talked about before i think he's a safe very very safe fantasy option in, in terms of when he's in if he's going to miss now again he's a guy who if even if he misses three games i think he's still going to give you the fantasy production that you're yeah. happy with it's I mean, just about you, when he misses yeah too. if he misses those three games middle of season you you know have a, a rough patch and then he comes back and dominates again you're like well whatever yeah, it's and, just the timing of the injury. Yep, and the other thing to think about, I think he's in the last year of his rookie deal. He's looking for a long-term contract. He held out of summer work. So if they give him a long-term deal, how much more are they incentivized to protect him and not run him into the ground? So that's another thing to just think about. <laughs> Excuse me, geez. <clears throat> Having a heart attack over here. Um, is the 233 carries here going to become the norm? That's the only thing that I have a question of, but I still think he's a guy who could be efficient. Now, if he has 233 carries a year and you know kind of reverts back to his 3.7 yards per carry, uh-oh, yeah. that ain't good. Nope. That's not good. Uh, but he's still going to catch a bunch of passes. I have him at 85 targets, 63 receptions, almost 600 yards, and three touchdowns. So I'm uh, 309 points. Just for a little bit of a comparison factor, I have Ezekiel Elliott at 323. This is all PPR scoring. David Johnson at 325. Um, Let's see, Christian McCaffrey at 326. So Melvin Gordon's not too far behind those guys for me. So our top six, let's recap that really quick. Alvin Kamara at one, Saquon Barkley at two, Ezekiel Elliott at three, Christian McCaffrey at four, David Johnson at five, and Melvin Gordon at six. And now... At number seven, a player who didn't even step on the field in 2018. Talk about a guy who, man, what do you make of this situation, Pat? Le'Veon Bell, gang green, he's going to New York, the Big Apple, to play with Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. Is Le'Veon Bell going to be Le'Veon Bell again? I mean, I think he's still going to be Le'Veon. I mean, you don't take that ability out of a player. Maybe he's a little bit out of shape. Maybe he's a little rusty. He'll get back into it. We've seen him start off rusty as 
You know, I mean, as Steelers fans, we know he's always seemed to be a little lagging those first two games as he got back into it because he would always skip minicamp. Right, but he's never missed an entire year of football. No. Before. No, and yeah. And, and at least at the professional level. Did he level. keep himself up to what he needs to be? Could it just be a longer uh, rust period with him? But I think he's going to get back to being what he is. My big concern is this offense. How much is Adam Gase going to give him in, in terms of a workload? How much does Darnold like dumping the ball off to running backs? And how much does he look for that kind of reserve guy? How good is this offensive line? Le'Veon is a very unique style that takes time to gel. And if he's dancing behind the line and keeps getting hit, this could not. This might not be good for him. Like, it could take a while for him not only to shake off the rust, but to get in like in tune with his offensive line more than a lot of other running backs. I think. Yeah. Look. Let's talk a little bit of draft strategy here. So I think this is the crucial part of the draft where we get past those first five or six picks where I'm comfortable taking a running back all the way up through six. Now we get into the conversation of are you taking Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Le'Veon Bell, that eight, nine, ten, those eight, nine, ten picks. I think this is where you get into a little bit of a challenge. Now we talked about it earlier. We would rather have Le'Veon Bell here just because you're getting a running back with a ton of upside still based on the talent. Um I'm not going to necessarily knock anybody who wants to take Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams. You can can absolutely, if you're in that spot and you're drafting at nine, like we're going to be doing next Sunday in a full point PPR league, I don't have any, I don't have any problem with, with somebody taking any of of those those three receivers over Le'Veon Bell here, because there is a lot of unknown, Pat, you just talked about it. This Jets team is one that now they ran the ball they were 16th in, in rushing attempts per game last season, 25.6. So they're kind of in the middle of the road. I expect that to go up a little bit. Um, but again, I you know I think at some point, at least I would hope that they're going to let Sam Darnold run this offense. Yeah. And they're going to let him sling it around a little bit. Now they don't have a ton of weapons there. They bring in Jamison Crowder. They have your favorite player in the world, Robbie Anderson. Oh my God. <laughs> I know you're just gotta, you're sitting over here. You can't even contain I got yourself. Mug. I can't wait for wide receivers. <laughs> There's fatheads yeah. on our in our living room wall. Um, but look, I don't see a scenario where Le'Veon Bell hits a hundred targets. Well, actually, he could. I have him at 92, 71 receptions, 600 yards, four touchdowns through the air. I'm at 10 touchdowns total. This is the same problem that I have with the Giants' offense is the touchdown totals. What's he going to end up at? Like, would it surprise you at all? Why are you looking at me like that? It wouldn't surprise... I wouldn't surprise me at all if he had, like, nine total. Nine, nine touchdowns? Total, receiving and rushing. Like, yeah, no, eight I, total. Like, that wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, this that's could, a concern. This, and that's the problem, is this offense could be bad, and he could be really bad. Like, he could be outside the top 12, I think, easily. Yeah. But he also could be number one. If they use him to the, his ability... And he gets what like he could in Pittsburgh, like he could be. He still offers number one upside in my opinion, and he's like one of the last guys that does. But his floor is so low that I don't think it's. I think saying whatever I'm going to take a wide receiver here is not a bad strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm torn on it. I think next Sunday at nine, um, it'll be the heat of the moment. It's going to be heat of the moment. We'll we'll wait on that for now i think 
we're probably leaning towards taking Le'Veon, uh, but it depends on the scenario, I think. I, I, the, the problem is... Because I could see us changing our minds I think we could at, at that point, too. The problem is, though, and there's no time like being on the board, and your, your rankings will switch as you're on the board, and don't <laughs> be afraid to go with that gut feeling. Yeah. But anyway, the problem is, is if you don't take Le'Veon there, you come back and you're, you're looking at a guy, you know, farther down the list... And then you get back in the third, fourth round, and you hate the running backs. Like, they're just all gone. Running backs are flying off boards now. And if you don't take one early, you're almost liable to miss out. Yeah. Now, it could just be a strategy, say, you know what, I'm going to take wide receivers this year and just laugh and do make it work with running back. Yep. But if you want running back, you got to take it early because they're going to be gone. Absolutely. And we just talked about this earlier tonight, Pat, uh, before we started recording, was think about all the guys that we had at least some sort of – some you know, semi-promise four that were taken in the third, fourth, fifth rounds last year at running back. And what, 90% of them flopped? At least 90% of them flopped? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. It was a bad, bad situation. You know, whether you're talking about Derrick Henry. Now, I know he had, if you look at his season totals, they were okay. But a lot of what he did was at the end of the year. Kenyon Drake. Um, obviously, Darius Geis's injury, but that yeah. was before the season. There were just Royce Freeman. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of guys who just in those middle yeah, rounds. So the point they just is, landmine. yeah, you got it. You got to get a running back yeah. early. You almost have to. I feel like this year, more than ever, I would say. So okay, let's let's move on to uh, number eight, Pat. And at number eight, I think we're at number eight. Let me yep. see here. We got the. Uh, oh yeah! The old, oh old my! Old, oh boy! This old is reliable a fun one. himself. This is a fun one. This is one of the most, uh, if not the, the most intriguing. There's a lot of intriguing guys. We just talked about Le'Veon Bell, but Todd Gurley at number eight, Pat, is wild card. This is one of the big hinges of fantasy football this year. League winner. How is Todd Gurley going to do? Is he going to sink or swim you? You know, I feel like those are your options. Now, I'm going to, I'm honestly, the more I think about it, leaning, like, let's go Todd Gurley. What's the, I think some of this stuff could be overhyped. At nine! At nine. You want to take him at nine? I could take him at nine. Oh, we're not we're not co-owning this team anymore yeah. together, dude. I <laughs> I get the risk. I get the risk. But this guy has game-breaking top one upside. Uh, top one upside. Like he could be far and away number one again. Like he does. He does this, and I get that he has the knee issue, but it's arthritis. I have arthritis. You know, it's something that everybody has. If as long as he's not tearing his ACL. Like, and not having a ligament injury, they just do some cleanup work and he's back in. Like, are you, it's a, it's a pain management thing at this point. And can he, and a little bit of a management, he could have a decrease in touches, but he's still going to be really good. And if he's, you know, dropping down three carries a game, three touches a game, that's not going to, even if you take away here's, like 80% of his workload, he's still going to be a top three back. Here's my concern, and, and, and you're fired up right now. Your face is turning red, Pat. I love the passion. It's great, but 12 games go by, and Todd Gurley's like, I'm done. I've had enough. I can't do it. It sucks. It freaking hurts. I can't do it. I can't play four more games like he did in the playoffs last year. He couldn't even get out there. They wouldn't even use him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What if that happens? I'm. That's what I'm scared about, and that's why I I'm not confident taking him at nine. Dude, but like, are you more confident in the Jets' offense or his ability to stay healthy? The Jets, but he got. Wait, Le'Veon. Oh, in the Jets' offense. Oh, he threw or, curveball at me there. Yeah. Are you more? Are you more? Are you? Do you trust more? 
that Jets offense to be good and support Le'Veon Bell, or do you trust Todd Gurley to um, stay healthy? Now, and, and again, Todd Gurley, I trust... when he's in there, he's going to be elite. We know that. When he's, the, the, he, the first four weeks, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's, I agree there. I'm just, I'm so scared. I'm, I'm scared. Now, granted, in the second round, when it comes back and we're at, and know, that's where his point, ADP is now. And I'm really hoping we get Todd Gurley on the yeah, way. Yeah, if back. we're at 2.5, I think you're getting yourself a league winner. And I'm okay with taking that risk Me too. there. Me too. For um, him, I'm willing to take that risk. Now, if his ADP sneaks back up to the point where I would have to take him there, I would seriously consider it. Yeah. I, I mean, I right now I have Le'Veon ranked above Todd Gurley, as you do. But so, I, I could see myself saying, as the preseason goes on and we hear that you know Todd Gurley's out there, he's doing it, he's okay. You know, he's working out, but he's not. He's not gonna. I'm gonna guarantee you, he's not going to training camp. And he's not playing in the preseason. No, no, no. Just it, get yourself ready for it, because if people start using that to to slander him and say, "Oh, he's not ready yet," he he hasn't been in the preseason the past couple of years. Sean McVay already said he's not playing his superstars in the yeah. preseason. Jared Goff's not going to play. Yeah, Todd Gurley's not going to play. So don't let it even come into your mindset whenever that like when that happens, because you know it is going to happen. And it's not going to be related to how good his knee is. If his knee was 100%, that he wasn't going to play in the preseason. So he's averaged 261 carries per year over his first four seasons. He had 300, he's had 308 total touches per year in that same time frame through four years. Um, just a couple quick notes on the Rams. They did re-sign Malcolm Brown. They drafted Darrell Henderson in the third round. So I think you know they're, they're planning for um, just to give they, – they need to give Todd Gurley some help you know, behind it. They need to be ready for that scenario. I don't think that should be a red flag that they took Daryl Henderson Henderson in the third round. Um, I think it was the third. It was the third or fourth. I'm getting it mixed up, but it was somewhere in that range. Um, I have him at 230 carries. I know that feels low at 14, about 14 a game. Um, a little bit more, more than 14 a game, 1100 yards, seven touchdowns, 73 targets, 55 receptions, 570 yards and three touchdowns receiving. So, you know, I still have him almost 1,700 yards total. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you 55 this. 55 catches, 10 total touchdowns. Now, that's the thing is we've seen Todd Gurley score so many touchdowns that I do think the touchdown upside is probably still there. But I I, I'm bumping him down a little bit. I was just about to say that. If they're going to manage, say, say Gurley, you know, they manage him this year and, he, and they manage to help him out and stay healthy for at least a good part of the year. When he's there, they're not going to limit his touchdowns in the or his touches in the red zone. They're going to put him in the red zone unless he just broke mm-hmm. a sixty-yard run, which they would have did anyway. He's gonna. They're not going to just take away touches in the red zone for him. He's still going to have that touchdown upside, even if his carries go down by thirty. Those are going to be in the you know yeah before the red zone. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I think there's still so many, um, so many, but. There are certainly going to be opportunities for Todd Gurley to be a superstar in fantasy. There's no question. I, I get that. Um, I just have scaled things back. That's where I'm at right now, and that's why I can't. And that's I can't put a guy who I think is going to get 230 carries into my top five. No, and I agree. I mean, that's why he's right there. But I could, like I said, I could see him sneaking above uh, Le'Veon Bell, but I, he can't get above Melvin Gordon and David Johnson for me. Yeah. Okay, let's speed this thing up a little bit, Pat. We are at about 47 minutes on the podcast, and we still need to get through 9, 10, 11, and 12. So we have four guys to get through. Let's do a quick recap. Alvin Kamara at 1, Saquon Barkley at 2, Ezekiel Elliott at 3, 
Christian McCaffrey at four, David Johnson at five, Melvin Gordon at six, Le'Veon Bell at seven, Todd Gurley at eight, and at number nine, a guy that we've talked in length about if he can stay healthy for 16 games, if he can be on pace for what he did last year from a touches standpoint, he's going to be a top four running back. I love the passion. (laughs) You're getting into it. I love him. And, you know, this is a guy that I think is really talented. You know, Joe Mixon, you know, it's he's pretty he's been great when he's been on the field and they have used him as you're probably about to say in a very you know they they use him a lot when he's that when he's out there and he i think he is one of the top 10 backs in this league if not higher Mm -hmm. you know he's got ability the offense is a little bit of a question mark but i mean they can't get i mean they were okay at times last year it's just can this guy stay healthy yeah i it's it's both. I think it's twofold a little bit. How good is the Bengals' offense going to be? I think they draft Jonah Williams in the first round. They bring in, uh, they brought in a, a, a free agent guard from Buffalo. Um, I can't remember his name. I'll have to look that up. But um, so they they brought in some reinforcements for the line. Now we're looking at a guy in Joe Mixon who his first year was his, his his third year in the league coming up or his fourth season i think it's his third season coming this will be in. his third season, this will be his third season yeah. in the league so look he finished fourth in the league in rushing despite missing two games i think that jumps off the charts yeah. right there now the 4.9 yards per carry i don't know if he's going to be that efficient again especially if he's if he's got 290 carries yeah, at 4.9 yards per carry that's tough to do that's tough to replicate so I think the efficiency is going to come down a little bit, but I still think he could be a guy who's toting the rock at 4.5 a, a, a carry. That's I mean, right where I got him, 4.5. Yeah, there's no reason he can't do that. Um, the other thing, too, for those out there wondering, you know, what kind of role can can Joe Mixon still have in the passing game with Gio Bernard active and in the lineup? And in 10 games last season, Joe Mixon, in 10 games that, that Gio and Joe Mixon were both active, uh, Joe Mixon still had 30 catches for I, 214 I did they, yards. Did Joe Bix, did Gio Bernard get any snaps? I feel like I didn't hear anything about him the entire year last year. Well, he did he, have a couple good games. Remember that Colts game whenever Joe Mixon was out? Yeah, Steve well, yeah, picked yeah, him up in our league. Yeah. He had a couple good weeks yeah. where he was thinking he was playing like an RB2. But like while, while Joe they Mixon were both was active. in, while no. Joe Mixon was in, no. They didn't no. use him at all. And that's like been such a difference from the years prior. Like, yep. He is their running back when he is healthy, and he's going to get those touches. It's just how efficient can he be with those touches? Yeah, so 17 carries per game last season for Joe Mixon and just under 13 a game in his rookie season. So it came up a good bit last year. I would expect to see the same. Yeah. We're going to be at a guy I've who's— I've got him at 17.3 right now. Yeah, anywhere between 16 and 18 carries a game I think is right in that sweet spot for Joe Mixon. You're going to feel really good about that if he plays even 14 games. I got him at 268 carries over a 14 game uh, or 16 game pace, 1,240 yards, eight touchdowns, 70 targets, 55 receptions, 430 yards, three touchdowns, 288 fantasy points. So, look, I have him a good bit above Nick Chubb. I am a good bit above Dalvin Cook right now. I actually have him at slated at more fantasy points than Todd Gurley, but I'm gonna I'm I'm not drafting him over Todd Gurley because I. I'm excited about the upside still for Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. but it's close. Like if I auto drafted Joe Mixon over Todd Gurley, I wouldn't be like shattered. Like my heart wouldn't be completely upset. Yeah, I mean, you know I, I mean, <laughs> I've got, I mean, I've got Joe Mixon scoring twenty less points than Gurley. I'm a little more bullish on Gurley than you are. 
Um, I've actually got him below our next guy, James Conner. Um, I'd rather have James Conner, I think, just for the better offense, honestly. Yeah. Even though I think Mixon's a better back, as much as it pains me to say. Um, but I think Joe Mixon's got real upside. If this offense can manage to somehow squeak together like a middling season and his touchdown upside can sneak up a little bit, this guy could finish in the top five. So I don't I think this is where you kind of lose that top number one running back ability. Like this is where I don't think any they, anybody below this has like real solid t- number one running back upside. So if if you had to pick let, let's look at a couple of guys that are in this next kind of tier here. So we're looking at Joe Mixon, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. I don't, I don't know if you want to put Aaron Jones there. Um, maybe just the first four guys that I said, Chubb, Cook, Connor, Mixon. If you're, your back's up against the wall, you got to pick one guy with the most upside to finish in the top five. Who is it? James Connor. Okay. So it's still Connor for you. And it's, it's mostly the touchdown upside, right? With Connor, I would say. I could argue Chubb. That's not even Mixon's behind I those know. guys. I could argue. Ch- I still, I still think, I just still think Chubb has that upside. If cream hunt doesn't work in all that well with that offense, or if they stick with him, because I, I think Chubb's really good, and I think they're going to center that offense around him. But, um, I, you know, I think Connor. I'd say Connor over Mixon, just because I think it's going to be a better offense. I think he's going to have more touchdown potential, yeah. even if he is a little less efficient with his touches. Yeah, and it's funny, as a, like, as a Steeler fan, I'm actually more biased towards Joe Mixon. Just because I just love Joe Mixon. Yeah, no, I yeah. love him too. I was kind of upset I'm that just they excited have about him. him. Yeah, um... I would actually agree. I lean with you there too, Connor, with that upside. Just because of the t- like, if there's one guy in that group that I just talked about that I think absolutely gives you the chance of 14 or 15 total touchdowns, like oh, yeah. James Connor's that guy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, no question. That, all it relies on is the Steelers not going away from what they've done for the past five years. Yeah, and just have a work workhorse running back. And, you know, if, if Connor goes down for a few games, which he has, he's shown it, he's had an injury pass and he'll probably miss a game or two if he does get that workload, that's okay. Because, you know, you're going to get a guy that when he's in, he's scoring you top five points. Like last year, he was, he was dominant. Like the guys, the people that picked him up last year were just, were praising the Lord. Oh my gosh. You got a free running back one for the first entire half of the season who, and he was, you know, top three. Yeah. He averaged. 16 and a half carries per game in 2018. He was on pace for 265. Um, he played in just, I think it was 12 games. Yeah. Um, See, I've got now. And, I, and the thing is, the two, Pat, we just talked about it. The Steelers threw the ball more than any team in the league last year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come back down somewhat. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to meet in the middle. I still think this is Ben Roethlisberger's offense, and he's going to sling it around even without AB. But is he going to throw 670 times? Like, no. no. Like, is he going to throw 610 times? Yeah, yeah. probably. But Are you going to have that one random game where he throws 60 times and maybe throws four touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Happen. But if you add another, you know, 30 to 35 attempts onto what Connor did. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, I've currently got him slated for 250 in 14 games, so about 18 uh, uh, carries a game. We're almost right in the same area then because I'm at 278 over 16 games. So that's yeah. almost kind of right where we're – yeah, right I mean, I'm just going to assume that he's going to miss a couple games, and I'm trying to factor some durability into my rankings. Yeah. Um, but I think when he's in there, he's going to give you great upside. I'm not mad pairing this guy with somebody like Michael Thomas and just, you know, having a solid beginning to your, your roster. Would be- 
Yeah, now I'll tell you this. I'm drafting Joe Mixon over James Conner. Uh, just, again, because I, I still see that, that upside with Mixon just from a talent standpoint, uh, and I like that more. And but but if you're the type of person that looks at the offense and what the offense is capable of and what that the role of that running back is going to be, especially number of trips to the red zone, I can certainly see where you're leaning James Conner and the Steelers. I don't like doing that a ton, but it, I, in offense, the, I think the talent actually, standpoint or the, exact, the offense. No, the offense. I usually I don't because I don't think we do a very good job of projecting offenses, but I for clear differences like I think the Steelers and the Bengals will have. I uh, I lean I lean the Steelers here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I got Joe Mixon it. So we're just back to back there. I have Mixon at nine. You have him at ten. And vice versa with Connor. And I've well, I've got them both scoring about 280 points. Yeah, I think I'm right in that area too. 285, I think I had for. I'm just waiting for that next, uh, that third Joe Mixon year of us just going. Oh man, he just keeps showing that potential, but just <laughs> I know not realizing it. It'd be a little frustrating, but hey, he, he easily has the ability to break out. No question, no question about it. Let's talk about our 11th and 12th running backs now, Pat. We're right at the end. So this is, again, right where we have two running backs just just opposite. Yep. Um, I have I have uh, Dalvin Cook at 11. You have Dalvin Cook at 12. You have Nick Chubb at – wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting screwed up here. Yeah, I, got I have Nick. Dalvin Cook at 11. You have Dalvin Cook at 12, and then vice versa for yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Let's start with Dalvin Cook first. Let's start with Dalvin Cook. So these two guys are at a tie in our rankings, technically at 11 and a half. Um, last year, Kirk Cousins, 606 pass attempts. We have not seen yet. Now, Dalvin Cook's only played in 15 games over, over his first two years. So one, can we finally get a durable season from Dalvin Cook? And two, do you think this is a guy that can carry the ball 260, 270 times a year or... Is he going to be more kind of in that McCaffrey range? Is he going to be more like a 230 carries a year? I mean, can he stay healthy for that amount of games? You know, to even get to that point. That's right. my worry. Yeah. Man. I mean, I think he's, I mean, me and you both had him really high last year. We were both bullish, you know, like, well, Torres ACL, he hasn't showed injury history prior to that. Yeah. So we we were both bullish on him. I think I had him at like six or seven. Yeah, we were, I mean, super high. I mean, and then he didn't do anything last year. He just could not get back to healthy. He had that hamstring injury. It kept him out again. Mm-hmm. And he just was not doing anything. Like, he just couldn't get on the field. And it was almost annoying because, like, at least with a guy like Devonta Freeman, you, you know, he got he got injured a few games out, got injured again, he's gone. Like, with, 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 uh, with Cook, he just lingered on your roster. Like, is he coming back? What's happening with this guy? Yeah. When he, meanwhile, the guy who has Latavius Murray, hopefully you, is just sitting there laughing because he's scoring Mondo points. <laughs> and then Dalvin Cook comes back and he doesn't even do that. I mean, he did okay towards the end of the year and he got back into his stride, but can he stay healthy? Yeah. So if you look at Dalvin Cook through his, I mentioned he's only played 15 games in two years. Um, 4.7 yards per carry in that time. Uh, 51 catches on 65 targets. He's only had six touchdowns in 15, in his first 15 games. So look, it's a very small sample size. Hopefully this is a guy who's going to find the end zone a little bit more than what we've seen. Um, but we talked about Minnesota and their tendencies last year. Now they were 27th in rush attempts per game in 2018, just 22.3 per game. 
Also, you know, they were sixth in the league in passing at 37.9 attempts per game. I mentioned that Cousins attempted 606 passes. Now, Pat, this was very interesting to me. The final three weeks of the season, quarterback coach Kevin Stefanski was promoted to OC. During that time, the Vikings' pass attempts went from 37.9 per game to 27.3. It Mm -hmm. took a serious dip. Yeah, no doubt it did. Dalvin Cook, over those final three games, touched the ball an average of 18 times per game compared to just under 16 times per game in the other six full games he played. So I am very hopeful this year that Kevin Stefanski will continue to implement that philosophy and that Dalvin Cook will be a more integral part to the offense. Now, again, this all boils down to can Dalvin Cook stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? But I'm confident that they're going to use him more. I have him at 238 carries, a little over 1,100 yards. I have him at nine total touchdowns. So again, I think uh, there's some room for improvement in the touchdown category, but you're not going to be completely upset with nine total touchdowns. 260 total fantasy points. So this is a guy who I'm confident that that could easily finish in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, I got him I got him statted out right like along with you. I got him for yeah. 257. So we're very similar. I mean, how many, I mean, how many receptions do you have him getting? I am at 47 catches. Okay. So I not am a, a little bit more 53, but you know, I still think he's got you. He, I mean, he offers you that, that upside to catch passes. Um, yeah, I would argue not a ton. I think he's more than Nick Chubb. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what you could, that's where I think you can make that argument that Nick Chubb is just not going to offer you that kind of upside that Dalvin cook does. And I don't think he does, but I think I rely, I think Nick Chubb can, is going to be is a lot safer in terms of injury, but I mean he did he did have a huge injury at Georgia. I which, think his ceiling is like forty catches personally. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean he could dominate that offense and be really nice in the running game and be constant for you and consistent. But if you're going for that upside, I mean, I think Dalvin Cook, if he stays healthy, could be you know a top top five, top six back. Maybe top yeah, seven I, more. he could probably he could get it there. There's no question about it. He's just got to stay healthy. Um, but I do think the workload will follow this year with Dalvin Cook if you're looking to target him in your drafts. Probably a guy that's going to go in the early second round um, somewhere in that point. Uh, is he a late first round guy? I, I, you've done more on no, the, the late, mock he's drafts. early second. He's early early second. second, okay. Um, like that's, you got like a, if you go... If like, there's one guy here, sorry, Pat, really quick. If there's one guy, I just have one more kind of tidbit on Nick Chubb. If there's one guy I think that is not, you know, we talked about the, the cap on the catches. If there's one guy that concerns me in terms of maybe his workload, it's it's Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is only, you know, comes back after week eight, week nine. Yeah. Odell Beckham is going to soak up 140 targets. Jarvis Landry is going to soak up 100 and, 110 targets. So I haven't slated at 252 carries. And if he's yeah. not catching the ball, I mean, it's just... He's gonna have to rely on his touchdown totals to get him inside the top ten. I think. Yeah. I mean, I have I have him actually statted out for scoring less points than Dalvin Cook by even like about ten. 10 I points. yeah, I'm about the same I mean, about nine. But I still have him with 18 carries a game, which ends up getting me 270 for him. Um, I you know I I he, I still think he'll score have some really good touchdown upside. I've got him getting 11 touchdowns on the on uh, rushing. Um, to receiving, you know, I think uh, he still has a chance to do a pretty good year, and I think he's going to get you there. But he's definitely not as exciting as a guy like Dalvin Cook. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that about does it. We're over an hour on the podcast, but this was a good one, man. I, I enjoyed this a lot. I'm excited for the next 12 yeah, running backs. And the next 12 is where I think it'll get a little more heated between us. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So just a really quick recap before we wrap up the podcast. Um, let me pull up my rankings again here. So this was our consensus PPR top 12 running backs between Pat and I. Alvin Kamara at one, Saquon Barkley at two, Ezekiel Elliott at three, Christian McCaffrey at four. David Johnson at 5, Melvin Gordon at 6, Le'Veon Bell 7, Todd Gurley at 8, Joe Mixon 9, James Conner 10, Dalvin Cook comes in at 11, and Nick Chubb rounds out our top 12 at number 12. And we'll have 13 through 24 for you on Thursday's podcast. Until then, everybody, thanks again for listening to Pad the Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, for Pat Cotter. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Subscribe and download, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.